Hello and a very warm welcome to the latest episode of Work Life Stories. I'm Anna Richards and I'm delighted to be joined today by George Bullock and Russell Cook, both of whom work for Macquarie, the Australian headquartered Global Financial Services Group. George is Global Head of Margining and Futures Operations and Russell is the Lead Director for Environmental and Social Risk for EMEA. George and Russell have both taken part in Macquarie's Pride Employee Network Group's Reverse Mentoring Programme and now as members of the Network's Steering Committee play a major role in running the programme, which is growing in popularity and I'm pleased to be hearing all about it today. George, Russell, thank you so much for joining me. So I'm going to start first with a question for George. Macquarie has an excellent reputation for diversity, equity and inclusion. It was ranked number one in 2022 by Stonewall, the largest LGBTQ plus rights organisation in Europe and has won many awards globally for its leading DE&I initiatives and inclusive culture. So there must be so many fantastic initiatives and groups that you could have got involved in. What sparked your interest in this program specifically right at the start, George? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I had actually been a, a member of a number of our employee network groups at Macquarie. We have a very broad global DE&I strategy. And, and from that, you know, we're really focusing on making sure that we've got a diverse workforce, we've committed to equity, and that we've got an inclusive culture. And, and as a result of that, we've actually got a number of different employee network groups across the globe. And specifically in, in EMEA, we've got a number, one of which is, is the Pride Network, which we're going to talk about more, but had really been a member of a number of different networks before I, I joined the steering committee and, and helped with the reverse mentoring program for, for Pride. I was fortunate enough actually to be invited in a, in a previous iteration of the reverse mentoring program. I was invited to be a, a reverse mentee back when it was on an invitation only basis. And it was through my conversations, which I'm happy to dig into in more, in more detail, where I really built a, a, a passion for becoming a, a more visible and explicit ally for our LGBTQ plus community at Macquarie. Fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that initial mentoring pair that you were part of back then. How, how many years ago are we talking now? Sure. Well, that must have testing my memory. It must have been a, a probably three or four years ago, um, pre-pandemic, because we were able to have catch-ups in person. And and yeah, I mean, that that was my first first kind of sit down, you know, in a in a work context, speaking very openly with a colleague about his his sexuality and how it's impacted his his work experience and and his life outside of work as well so it was really refreshing for me to be able to ask any questions that i had in a very psychologically safe safe space in a very open and you know non-judgmental way my my reverse mentor answered my questions very candidly about his lived experiences as a as a gay man in 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 the workforce but again out, outside of work as well and you know he he was also able to to ask me about my experiences as an ally and my perspective as a as a manager of people and as a recruiter into the teams and um, talking about the how equitable the interview process and recruitment processes are so we had lots of lots of great discussions again i'm sure we can go into more detail about you know the suggested format of the of the program which has evolved since yeah, probably four years ago that I, I participated, but very, very open conversations about a range of topics. 
when you look back were there were there any particular eye-opening moments things that you particularly learned from that initial mentoring process for yourself yeah I think it opened my eyes to I guess some some challenges that I thought probably in in a in a kind of a modern and progressive city like London are still actually faced as challenges that I, I was probably naive to. So I think it opened my eyes to the fact that there are still challenges experienced by the community that I, I thought we should have and had moved on from. So that was one element. One thing that really struck me, actually, one of the first questions that I asked my reverse mentor about was, you know, I think around that time there had been a huge amount of focus on our gender equity. And we have a, a, a great employee network group called Balance, which focuses specifically on, on gender equity. And, and we had just gone through a period where there were a huge number of events. And I asked him, do you feel like now we're at the stage where we've got great gender balance at Macquarie, do you feel like there should be you know, a, a kind of diversion of focus on the LGBTQ plus community? given the the lower representation at, at, at Macquarie at the time. And one thing that he really kind of that struck me was his, his view being that any, any commitment to diversity in any form makes him feel more comfortable in the workforce. So, you know, going into a, a boardroom for a meeting where there's good gender balance made him feel more comfortable as, as a gay man in the workforce, just knowing that the environment that he was working within was generally more inclusive and had better rep representation and diversity. So that was something that hadn't really struck me before, that kind of indirect benefit of, of allyship and, and support for any, any minority or underrepresented group can be beneficial for others. Fantastic. That's so interesting. Russell, I know that you're a member of the Pride Network at Macquarie and you've been a mentor yourself. Love to hear about what that experience was like for you. Sure. So I joined the steering committee a couple of years ago and I think the, one of the great things about the programme is that people are quite are very interested in understanding more. I found the experience both with the broader group of mentees and and also my experience being a mentor like people are very curious and I think that's a great thing because I think with this topic a lot of the issues or experiences that LGBT people can face are invisible so I think people want to understand more they want to have better conversations they want to support people in better ways i think people have seen the value of diversity i think i've found people very open and willing to understand and also just be a little bit brave in that it can be a difficult conversation for people to come to they don't want to say the wrong thing they want to learn more and so i found the whole process really enriching really like it's been it's been really great to have senior leaders really lean in and share their own experiences of what they find difficult or what they find challenging I think overall the level of engagement and the commitment to really being a better ally and really trying to understand the different ways that they can do that I found over time as well where 
from the initial conversations where you're just getting to know someone they're trying to hear more about I guess I've shared more about my own background and and what it's been like for me coming into Macquarie and what I've experienced but also some of the the things that have been quite formative in my career and the different experiences that I've had I've been able to bring that in as well I think it's been quite motivating and for me to be able to share more personally about Mm -hmm those experiences and to have them be heard and and I guess there is a bit of pride of the real lived experience in Macquarie of it being comfortable maybe to on the reverse side of what George was saying you know I find my experience in Macquarie to be very genuine and very like positive in the fact that my experience as someone who identifies as LGBT plus it is really taken seriously by senior leaders and and the broader group because the because the program is more visible it's growing and more people are interested in in engaging more with that yeah it's it's so interesting and having that safe space you talked about people worried about saying the wrong thing and that's and that's big and isn't it and a lot of people i think might in worrying about that end up saying nothing so by giving people that safe space and amazing that people come with this curiosity and they're interested to to hear your your perspective and ask those questions I think obviously holds huge amount of value so this program obviously had lots of value back in that day when it was invitation only mentioned and I know since then you've both taken on this role in actually the steering committee of the the program itself George, what sort of changes have you implemented to the programme since you both took over? Sure, yeah. So I suppose having having seen the benefits firsthand from the programme, the, the thing that Russell and I worked on that you know, I felt most, most keenly on was to make sure that the programme itself was as inclus- inclusive as possible and that we weren't restricting the opportunities for people to, to be involved. What we have found is there are there is that curiosity and and commitment for people to become better allies at, at all levels of the organization so you know in the first iteration we really focused on our most senior executives in region and did a, a couple of rounds there back when it was by invitation only and then and then moved to to more junior levels of management at which point i i was i was invited and so when when we relaunched the program and and actually um, built in a framework where it become an annual program rather than a more ad hoc. We were really keen to open up invita- the kind of invitation to everyone across, across across the whole region as well, not just within the London office, but you know, there's nothing preventing people from having mentoring relationships across different regions within our, uh, smaller offices around Europe. So we, we, we put out on our internal Facebook group workplace we put out an invitation for any, anyone at any level to express interest to become a, a mentee or a mentor in the program and, and saw, saw huge, huge interest at all levels of the organization from the most junior fresh graduates that had just joined and were in their first year at the firm all the way up to, to senior levels that previously would have been the kinds of levels that were that were invited to the program. So through that, we've been able to have a lot more mentoring pairings over the last couple of years. We're actually due to close our, our annual program in the next month, and then we'll be relaunching again in October for the nine months ahead. I would say other things that we've changed, we've tried to just have as much of a, a framework and guide as possible for, for the participants so that the conversation, if it doesn't flow 100% naturally and organically, that there is a bit of a, 
a guide there of what could be discussed in different sessions. We've got an excellent program guide that we circulate to both mentors and mentees at the beginning of, of the program with a, an LGBTQ plus 101 to get the thoughts and questions flowing in the minds of, of the participants, but then also a suggested almost course guide of we recommend that there are six hour long conversations at least. I mean, obviously it can be more in that space of nine months and there are suggested topics for each of those each of those six sessions. So we've made sure that it's flexible, that people can, can take whatever form of, of relationship that they would like and the questions that they'd like to ask. But equally, if, if people aren't so sure, there is, there is that, that guide for them to follow if otherwise kind of the conversation is not flowing organically. I was interested actually in the balance between guiding the conversations and giving it quite a open space to chat Russell what's your perspective on that do you think it's completely down to the pair and the conversation and the relationship to assess it and some people have a completely open and probably don't look too closely at the topics do you think some people follow it very carefully does it does it vary quite a lot do you think yeah I think so I mean one of the I I think it completely depends on on the people obviously involved in the chemistry that they they have I think one of the things that we looked at a couple of years ago was some people with a blank page almost felt a bit daunted by, and the topic on top of that felt a bit like, where do you start? So so one of the things, as George mentioned, with the guides, and we did look to, just from a basic kind of almost like mentoring, coaching perspective, like how do you set up the right conversation? Like, so in terms of, giving some structure around if you're going to have six conversations as a sort of a benchmark, what does that look like? So we tried to map that out for people and just say, look, in the first session, really look at setting up ground rules and boundaries, because like we were saying, it needs to be a safe space. The conversation needs to go where it needs to go, but there it can be sensitive. So we wanted to really make sure that there was some good guidance around creating that psychological safety, especially with someone who as a mentor, it might be quite maybe younger than the, the mentee there to, to sort of remove some of those barriers around setting up a good, good foundation. Some people will come to this and feel really comfortable and will just get into a conversation and it will just flow. Some people need a bit more. So we wanted to give people that optionality. And then as George was saying, look, so we have then some signposts and some prompts questions but also some reflecting questions so both in the conversation but also when you're leaving the conversation as well or especially the mentee to reflect on you know from those conversations what are they hearing what are they taking away from that and how do they then start to think about applying that in their day-to-day lives and then also we wanted to make sure that the roadmap was very equal obviously this is a reverse mentoring program Um, The mentor can then offer the mentee a lot more guidance and insight into their experiences from an LGBT plus point of view. But also the the return is that senior person or that more experienced person professionally gives back. So there's that checkpoint halfway through to then say, you know, okay, flip the conversation and make sure you've got that two-way exchange. And then finally, looking at how do you end the conversation well? The sixth conversation is guidance. If you've gone through 
your experience and you think actually it's come to a natural end we've done four sessions that's okay if you want to do seven eight sessions or carry on the conversation beyond then the program that's okay too so I think it's really about find your own way have the right conversations that feel comfortable but if you need some structure or you need a bit of guidance or a prompt there's resources to help you so you're not just kind of a little bit lost I guess sounds like a really useful framework that people can draw on and tap into to the to the extent that they want to it sounds sounds fantastic George you've talked about yourself as an ally of course and we all know how important this is what what are your reflections on being a great ally what do you think makes a really good ally what kind of traits and skills do you think go into that sure yeah so I suppose sharing some vulnerability from from myself that you know, I always considered myself to be an ally because in my mind, being a good ally would be someone that if they saw something that wasn't right, that they would call it out and they would say, you know, put up their hand and say, you know, whether it's non-inclusive language in the workplace or non-inclusive, you know, hiring decisions or, or, or whatever the case may be. But I think I realized from this experience that that's, that's good. I mean, obviously that's really important, but actually being a really good ally, you've got to do something more explicit, more giving back and actually contributing to the conversation rather than just jumping into the conversation when it's not right. So, I mean, that's, that's really one of the reasons that, or the main reason that I, that sparked my interest in, in joining the Pride Steering Committee and helping run the allies work stream that we have and training work stream was because I I knew that having an ally voice on the steering committee and the ally perspective was going to help the employee network group cater for one of its, you know, important stakeholder groups, which is the ally community at, at Macquarie. So so I think there's a there's a full range of different types of ally, you know, and I think it's great that we've got it's such a huge proportion of our population, I think, would know when behavior is is not right and would call it out. But we've got a growing population now of people that are more involved in the conversation, actually helping drive drive events, helping drive steering committee direction to make sure that we're catering for the for the ally community across the regions. So so I suppose that's what I've learned that you know being a bystander that jumps in ad hoc is great and actually we want all of our, our non-members of the community to to operate in that in that way but i kind of see that as the bare minimum now and that actually being a being a, a better ally does require some active involvement in the conversation and actually while we were talking about the program it reminded me that one of the other changes that we made was to make sure that we're being quite smart around the program and, and evolving it for both the mentors and, and, and mentees, but also telling our story from the program and making sure that you know, when we are offering an opportunity for people to express an interest to be a mentor or a mentee, they understand the value that the program can provide to them. You know, for, for our reverse mentees, it's all about you know, educating them, building their awareness. Of, of the challenges faced by an identity other than their own. And, and as Russell pointed out, we want to make sure that there's a really strong reciprocal benefit for our reverse men, mentors that 
you know, they are getting FaceTime with a more, more senior member of the organization that, you know, can, can provide them some career coaching, can provide them a, you know, a, a broader network in their careers so that there's something, there's a benefit there for, for both, both parties. So what we've started doing is we also send a very brief and simple survey at the beginning of the program to, to all of the participants, and then another one at the end to measure the benefit that the, the program has provided to them. So questions like, you know, how comfortable are you having a conversation in the workplace about these topics? How well do you feel like you understand them? And then measuring the Delta with the end of program survey to see the benefit they've found. So that's really helped us tell, tell the story of the value that the program provides because we can almost share an impact report before we publicize the next program and say, this is what participants found this is what they told us but we always then also provide them an opportunity to give us feedback about you know, how how could we make the program even better next year so we're constantly evolving taking on the suggestions of participants in, in quite an agile way from one year to the next fantastic that measurement piece is so important isn't it and great that you can act on it and and adapt it where you need to. Russell, what kind of feedback do you get from those surveys and from the from the program in general? I'd love to hear what people feel they take away. And also kind of looking forward as people move on from the program, how can you and the participants ensure that people apply what they've learned and into their normal day jobs, really? So we've had really good feedback from different people in the program. One of the things we try to do is that pre and post measurement piece of the sort of the feedback forms, but we've also made really strong efforts to to speak to people and get verbal feedback. So one of the things that was really great actually on our last program, and being a sort of facilitator in another area of my life, I, I do enjoy it when people want to have a group debrief. Was that the the mentees themselves wanted to learn from each other and they suggested them to set up proactively a midway check-in and so we set that up and then they wanted to hear from each other what was the different experiences because they realized that the conversations would all be different and they wanted to really understand that as peers I think we get a range of feedback obviously most of it's been positive people have really found it enlightening they found it really engaging. They've often been really surprised at the openness of the mentors to really share and 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 they've really taken that on. And some some of the participants have you know forged really strong relationships and are almost friends in you know, now, which has been really great to see. Something that we've really thought about as well as we get to a point where we've had more groups or more cohorts go through this we've been thinking about how do we help that community keep the conversation going almost like how do they keep learning from each other what might what other things we may be able to offer beyond this program so that's that's been really interesting to, to talk to people about that to hear what they might want so that's an, a really great opportunity that George and I are going to carry on considering in the year ahead I think people really just ultimately from what I've heard is they've really just gone back into their day-to-day -day lives with open eyes or new ways of looking at the world and, and showing up to conversations. And I think they're just more aware of 
what they don't know. They now know what they don't know. And there's a lot more questions that they've got coming out of the program. And I think there's just that, that curious curiosity that, that brings them to the program just gets massively amplified, I think. And they just really want to know more. And so, so that's really where we've kind of heard that, you know, it's led us to the question of like, well, so what more can we do? Like what different conversations can we help facilitate or you know they'll also you know drive them in their in their own ways in their day-to-day lives but we're just keen to get as many people continuing the conversation and to integrate that into their into their day-to-day lives so that every professional conversation that they're having if the diversity or difference arises that they feel more confident and capable to lean into that as well, knowing that it, it, it is different for different individuals, but hoping that they leave with a lot more confidence and willingness to engage. And I think that's something that we've heard as a theme. Yeah, one of the questions in that post-programme survey that we asked people is, what would you say to someone that's considering participating in the next programme? And actually, I've got some of the some of the sound bites from di- direct quotations from people that I could quickly read out. They said, don't hesitate. This is simply the best training opportunity at Macquarie. And again, kind of looking at this as, as the most involved form of training. We could do e-learning as, a, as very basic. We could do classroom learning. But this is the most involved when you're one-on-one speaking with someone with a, with a different identity and perspective. Some of the other sound bites were everyone should do this program. I thought I was already an ally before and already inclusive. I learned so much that I feel like maybe I was an imposter ally before and I'm a real ally now. And that that really resonated with me because that's actually the experience that I that I had myself. And actually related to, to what Russell just mentioned, someone said, having the discussions makes you critically assess your own unconscious biases and gets you to think about issues that you've never had to consider previously. And the final one, having a safe space with a mentor you get to know was invaluable. It gives you the freedom to ask questions that you otherwise might not and teaches you how to ask those questions too. Again, really resonated with me that that these aren't conversations you would normally have in the workplace, you know, in a, in a team setting. Coming back to that point that you, you mentioned earlier, Anna, that, that, that apprehension of fear that allies have, that they will say the wrong thing you know, meaning well, but using wrong terminology or the wrong language, something that certainly terminology and language does change over time. And I think that's that that's a fear that I've had as an ally in the past that, you know, what if I, uh, I use an expression that used to be okay, five, 10 years ago, but I haven't realized that actually, that's fallen out of favor, because it's not the most inclusive way of wording something is a real kind of apprehension or anxiety that some allies can have. And that's that's why some do back away and say, actually, it's it's safer for me not to enter the conversation in case I say the wrong thing. So it's really helping people have that confidence, like Russell was saying, to be part of the conversation that, you know, willing participants that would otherwise shy away from it. Fantastic. Lovely piece of feedback to share. Thank you so much, George. And I and I love Russell what you said about wanting to continue these conversations afterwards. That's such a credit to the program and to the participants isn't it rather than seeing it as a bit of a tick box you know I must do that training or whatever it is and it's done you know we're all learning all the time but that's that's a great credit I think that people mm. want to continue those conversations and keep them going and something else I just thought about when George was talking maybe going back to the partly the experience I've had 
but those conversations, it's not just also the allies who come to the program who have that fear of getting things wrong, even being a member of the community, there's a really wide range of people who identify in different ways within the LGBT plus community. And I couldn't say I was 100% perfect as well. So I think there's that thing of both sides showing up and acknowledging that we are all learning and there is conversations and that need to happen and things do change. And, you know, there is there is that continual engagement piece that I think is really important and yeah I'd say that that was something as an outcome that that seems feels really positive like when we just hear people talk about investing the time often these people are really busy but they really find it valuable and they make they make that time I'm really looking forward to seeing how people in previous programs and also the new programs continue to engage but also might come beyond this program you know and how Again, saying saying before about how, what different ways can we continue to create safe spaces and better dialogue and conversation in Macquarie. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, I'm so happy with all of that. What about you, George Russell? Anything else that you feel you'd like to add before we finish? I, th- I think it would be helpful for me to just share a little bit more about the broader DEI initiatives that we have because you know actually the the program that we've designed for for the pride employee network group has actually been leveraged across some of the other employee network groups that we have but the formula has really worked and the formats really worked so we have employee network groups in in all of the all of the four kind of regions that we have across uh, across the globe but we have we have the balance network that I mentioned before about gender equity. We've got a women in tech network, which is specifically looking to promote gender equity and technology related roles. We have a families and carers network for those with family or caring responsibilities. We've got a fusion network, and that's that's connecting and empowering colleagues to different races, ethnicities, cultures, and faiths. And actually our newest employee network group, which we're really proud of, is is called Spark. And that's a a network group focused on neurodiversity that have had some fantastic events to build awareness and education across the full spectrum of of neurodiversity and neurodivergent colleagues. And we've we've been able to share the reverse mentoring program formula with the Women in Tech program. They've done the same. We've also had the Balance Network latch on to latch onto the format and see the benefit that it can provide again both ways for both the reverse mentor and and the reverse mentee so really proud of this program but it's just one of one of many things where i would say that at macquarie we're really walking the talk and, and that we're not paying lip service to d e and i we truly feel that it is something that makes us stronger as an organization not just making the the workplace a safer space for all forms of diversity but actually see it as a business imperative and and something that is a real strength of macquarie as a global organization and and great for our reputation so if you ever have the benefit of coming to the macquarie office and especially during pride month we have a we have a, a five story long rainbow flag that hangs down our central atrium we've got rainbow flags and rainbow lanyards for security passes around around the necks of so many of our colleagues and on the desks of so many colleagues so it's truly truly again highlights to to any existing staff we see it as a key retention tool to make sure that our existing staff feel 
that they can be themselves at work. But we also feel like it's really important for any anyone that's considering joining Macquarie from, from other organizations where perhaps they can't be themselves. We see it as a business imperative to get the best possible talents into the organization is to make sure that we're, we're truly walking that talk. And those signs are, are very visible that we're an inclusive work environment. Just one, one build on that. Because um, I think one of the things that I have noticed in the conversation more broadly, and we've got all of our different employee network groups, but this concept around intersectionality is really growing as well. And I think one of the things that I've observed in some of the conversations is in the workplace, obviously one example is of senior people managing staff and creating that space where they can feel comfortable, but also to empower them to really succeed in their careers. And I think there was one person who made a, a comment around, it's not just, this is one category, but you know, you might be managing someone that fits into more than one category. And there were reflections that they were taking away from the conversations around those unconscious biases and also just thinking about different ways to kind of engage with people, but also thinking, what if you have the multiple diversity attributes? And so I think there's, there's something there that we're seeing in Macquarie where we've got all these different groups, but they really starting to engage and collaborate a lot more. So I think that's something that's really positive to go up the levels as well with diversity. It's not just these individual areas, sometimes both. I think that's something that's really, really positive to see that connection between not just understanding where people might be, but also then in the workplace, how are they kind of flourishing, not just feeling comfortable, but achieving in their careers. George, Russell, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation, hearing all about the reverse mentoring program and, and its great success, which is a huge credit to both of you and all about the wider diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives at Macquarie too. It sounds like a fantastic place to work. And thank you to all our listeners as well. If you'd like to find out more about Worklife Central and what we've got coming up in our programme, please do visit worklifecentral.com and you can follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you'd like to find out more about Macquarie and their fantastic diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives, please do visit macquarie.com. Thank you so much and goodbye.